Have you tried something new? Has it totally schooled you? I'm sure you've tried many new things. And if you want to know what I learned from my stand-up comedy class, then you're going to want to stay tuned. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Rolston, your host. I'm going to tell you the five things that I learned about stand-up comedy. Maybe I end up telling you more. Who knows? We will see. So just to give you a little bit of context, the time that I'm putting this this together, this sharing together, it is almost at the end of CAPS convention. When you're listening to this or watching this, it's going to be the end of convention, probably, if you're watching the recording. And I just did my second comedy set. So I did a five-week class for comedy. I've always wanted to do stand-up. Uh, when I did see that someone was doing a class, it was going to be online, but it was maybe a month after my dad passed. And I thought, ah, I can't do it now. I have to really honor grief, right? Grief. And I know there's humor and grief. And my family did kind of cut some jokes <laughs> a little bit. But the grief and humor, I, I really wanted to be able to honor the right space. I didn't want to cry on stage when I was giving my set. So I joined the class now, two and a half years after. It's perfect timing perfect timing for me. So I did a five week class. Friday night was our showcase. If you want to see that, uh, depending on when it comes out, I'll either have it in in the notes for this, or I'll be sending it out an email, but stay tuned. I'm going to share, share the recording of that. So that's pretty exciting. And then at the CAPS convention in Calgary, CAPS is Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. I did another set. So the first set on Friday was five minutes. This one was five to eight minutes and I was just over eight minutes. So it was a lot of fun. So I go through the five things that I learned from my stand-up comedy class. And maybe you can relate to these. I'm sure you can. So think of something that you've done that's new. Or maybe think of the thing you're going to be doing soon or in the 2023 that will be a new thing. And uh, maybe you'll learn something from these. And maybe you'll be able to, yeah, figure out what you should or shouldn't do. So the first thing I learned, you know, I thought I'm I'm a humorous person. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think I tell really good stories. I like to think I'm quick-witted and, and can kind of cut in little comments and, and make people laugh. And I definitely can do that. And so I thought, ah, I'm going to go and do stand-up and I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be so good. Yeah. I'm not a stand-up comedian. That's what I learned pretty quickly. So the first thing I learned is you're not always good as you think. So if you watch someone do something and you're like, I can do that. Don't say that until you actually try it. Stand-up is so much harder, so much harder than I could ever think. I was like, I'm a professional speaker. I speak in front of groups. I'm comfortable with a microphone. I have no problem kind of moving around and I'm a funny person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, that doesn't not make you great at stand-up comedy shocking, right? Absolutely shocking. So the first thing, you're not always good as you think. So walk in with humility so you don't embarrass yourself. Because I was like, "Mm, I'm a public speaker. I'm going to do well. I'm a funny person. Yeah. 
So just don't say those things because you look stupid when you suck, when you absolutely suck. The second thing I learned though, is we can do hard things. We can totally do hard things. So the scary thing is I did five classes plus like a dry run of the show. And then all of a sudden I'm in front of an audience of like a hundred people. And then last night I, which was two days after the first showcase, my first set, I did longer time, which meant I was thrown in jokes at the last minute. Literally, I was in the hallway sitting at a table writing jokes on a cue card to then go and deliver it 45 minutes later on a stage in front of, I don't know, 150, 170 of my professional speaking peers. No pressure, right? No pressure. So that's the second thing I learned is we can do hard things. In the end, I did it. Whoop, whoop. And I did it twice in three days. Like, that's pretty amazing when you think of it. Like, I've been a... A professional speaker for like 10 years. I've been a stand-up comedian for two gigs in three days. Yeah, I know I wasn't paid. I wasn't paid for them. And actually last night I had to pay to be there at the at the foundation night. It's a fundraiser night. So I'm happy to pay that. But it's just kind of funny how my my stand-up career has started. Though I don't know if I'm actually gonna go be a stand-up comedian. The only open mic I did was in my dream or a nightmare the other night. And so I might just keep in front of friendly audiences rather than actually go and hit the stand-up comedy circuit. But what I want to do is move into humorous speaking, giving keynotes that are humorous and bringing my jokes there. So the third thing that I learned was follow how others model it. Notice I didn't use the word copy at all. Number one rule in stand-up comedy, don't copy people. Don't use their jokes. You don't need to do that. But you can follow how other people model it. So think about whatever it is that you want to do. Do you want to learn piano? Do you want to take up painting, ice skating? Like, what is the thing that you want to do? Calligraphy, I don't know. Follow how other people model it. So there are a couple of people who had graduated from the class that jumped into the class again. And so I took my cues from them, right? They brought cue cards in to read their jokes off of every week. They started to act out, like move their body, move their face in different ways to get the jokes. They paused, they gave space for the laughter to come. Where I was up there with my phone, not, I don't know if my eyes are really bad now. You can't read, <laughs> you can't read on your phone. It's just, it's too hard. I need to like make the font bigger or something. So I'm trying to read from here. I didn't practice in advance. I literally was in presentation mode, like here's my joke, here's my joke, here's my next joke. That's not how you do it. So watching those, those two or three people do their jokes helped me so much. Then I decided, why am I not watching Netflix and all the comedian specials that are on there? So I started watching that. I started learning about pausing better. started learning about repeating certain sentences that were getting the laughs. And I was like, oh, okay, now that I know what I didn't know, right? So I was kind of like, unconsciously unconscious to how hard comedy is. There are formulas to how to write a joke. I didn't know that. And did you know that jokes should be one to three lines max and you hit a punchline and you make people laugh. And if you're gonna tell a story, the thing I learned is there need to be laughs every like three lines to keep the audience going. So there's just a couple of tips if you, if you do feel like doing the standup, but you can definitely do something hard even if you're not as good as you think, because you can follow how other people do it. The fourth thing I learned was have someone give you feedback in multiple ways and honestly, 
right? So on the first night, our teacher, Jan, she said, do you guys want me to like give it to you how it is so that you do a great job and you don't embarrass yourself at the showcase? Or, or do you want me to be like super kind? And I'm like, be honest with me. So this whole thing about coaching, and I would rather my coach, my teacher, my trainer, whoever it is, tell me, hey, you got broccoli in your teeth. You got toilet paper on your shoe. So that I don't go out in the world showing that kind of poor, sad, sad side of me. It's the whole bring your mess so you can be magnificent, but you need to have someone who's going to give you that honest feedback. And I'll, I'll tell you, she was honest. She gave me feedback on my delivery. She gave me feedback on my jokes. You know, she'd say, yeah, that one where you just kind of blabbed on about being Christian. Yeah, let's just, we're going to cut that. That's, that's not good. <laughs> it helped me to know this stuff's good and this stuff's not good. And I'll tell you kind of one step further, have someone actually like work in whatever it is. So if you're learning the piano, have them show you what to do. If it's painting, maybe even have them hold your hand and brush stroke for you so that you can really be immersed in it. So the two things that, I, that I'm very grateful for is that our teacher, Jan, she said, if you send me your set list, I'll, I'll go through it. And so seeing how when she was like, cut things down, make them shorter, uh, switch out the order. When she did that, I was like, ah, I get it now. That's how you take a four or five line like story joke and cut it down into one to three. That's how you take a very long sentence that it takes a while to say and your audience is like, wow, really? Like this sucks. How To see how she like cut these three words and cut this word. And then make something even wackier. Like she challenged me by saying, make something crazier at the end. It really pushed me. So I'll tell you one of my jokes that it started off with, I wrote my Christmas list. And as a mom, like these are the three things I want. I want cozy pajamas. I want a new travel mug. And I want 10 friggin' minutes to myself. Pretty good joke, right? You guys understand it. You're like, yeah, as a mom, as a dad, as a caregiver, as a busy person, I just want 10 minutes to myself too. And so that is a set of three kind of boring average are the first two. And then the third one has to be wacky. Is 10 minutes alone wacky? Not so much. So I changed it actually to do a few wacky things. But the new version and the one I delivered on stage is, so I got my Christmas list ready. And the three things I want, like not too big, right? The first thing, I want hair that washes itself. Second thing is I want a VIP parking spot at the local supermarket. And the third thing, I don't think Santa can help me with this one. I want a sister wife. I think my husband can do that for me. And on the first night he was in the audience. And so I just yelled out, hey, hubby, can you take care of that for me? So there we go. She pushed me to go wackier and wackier became sister wife, which isn't like, I wouldn't actually move forward with getting a sister wife. However, that desire, if you're a busy woman with kids and a husband is, wow, could someone else come in and do all these other things for me? And so I learned by her also like getting into my material and physically showing me what to do. So think of that thing that you're wanting to do, that new thing, that maybe scary thing. And how can someone be giving you that honest feedback and really be into what you're doing? Fifth point, you guys ready? Fifth point, jump in and figure it out. This is something that I kind of grown up doing. Just sure, I'll sign up for that. Sure, I'll do that. And then in the end, 
I, you got to figure it out. And I do believe everything is figure outable. And over the past few years, probably since 2019, I don't feel like I've fully been myself and challenges and stress. I just don't handle it as well as I used to. And the, the problem with that is that I have to cut things back and I've been finding like I'm getting a lot of anxiety around things. And I used to have one, like one event every single night, sometimes two events. I'd rush from one event to another event. And I just didn't understand why people were like, oh my gosh, I, I had to have to go to two events this week. I'm like, I got seven and I'm running five of them or something, you know, something crazy. And I had a very high tolerance for stress. And I, I just haven't the past few years. I haven't fully felt like myself. It's not just from my father dying. And I don't know, it's other things, COVID many, many things were figuring this out. Right. But the idea of me jumping in and doing stand up that is like a stress evoking thing. But I did, I jumped in and I just like, I'm figuring it out. So that was the first commitment, go to the classes, do the things that they say to do so that I could have the good result at the showcase. Then when I saw about maybe two weeks ago, I saw his name is Mark Black. He was putting on the foundation's fundraiser event for the Caps convention. And he said, I need another comedian. And I thought, okay, I'm going to jump in and figure it out. And you know what? I learned other things. Like I could provide a one to two sentence intro. That's not my bio that I usually do for work. And that can be interesting or funny. And so I played up on that. And then I took my set from Saturday and then I thought, oh, the audience are speakers and trainers and MCs and my colleagues, my peers, I need to do some special jokes for them. So that pushed me to come up with some other jokes. And then I thought, oh, is this an audience that can handle kind of some bit, bit at the edge uh, topics? And I asked some of the humorists in the group and they're like, oh yeah, bring, like, bring everything. And I'm like, okay, great. Uh, I still kept it kind of PG a little bit, but still shared, shared some things, but the whole jump in and figure it out. I even was adding jokes at the last minute, which I said, which caused me to bring up my, my cue cards up on stage that I had written like literally 45 minutes before. And I was okay with that. You know, I'm okay with that because I'm not doing a Netflix special as a stand-up comedian. I am not like promoting myself as a stand-up comedian. And so I guess the bonus, the bonus point here I'm going to give you is ego. I'm so not in my ego about this. I gave myself permission to be average at it, to be okay at it, to have notes. I had notes last night at the foundation event. I didn't have any notes for the showcase. And I, I was okay with that. I don't have to be perfect, but I did it. I did it. I friggin' did it. Like, how great is that? And so I want you to think about what is that thing that you've been thinking of doing that you're like, I'm not going to be really good at it, or maybe I'll embarrass myself. And like, who cares? Who cares? The benefit I'm seeing here is that I have another tool in my toolkit. I have like, a whole new appreciation for stand-up comedy. I have a new hobby, which is watching stand-up comedy. It's also improved my relationship in that we're going to watch comedy live now, which is really fun. It's made our relationship more fun and funny. There, there are just so many things, so many things that are coming from this. It's pushing me in my, in my career, in this whole humor keynote. I could go on and on and on and on. The friends that I've gained in the class, I think I mentioned that, 
doing the caps thing and having people like, wow, your set was really good, Diane, and your cadence was amazing, which reminds me, I have to Google what cadence means, unless <laughs> someone wants to tell me, but I'll probably Google it. <laughs> they told me my pacing was great. They said I sounded, sounded like a stand-up comedian, that my jokes were super funny. Like, that's amazing. They enjoyed themselves. I think that's the, the thing that matters most. And now I'm now in their eyes, I have this other piece of me, which the truth is, and you might find this too, when you do something that's new, is that there might've been that piece in you all along. I've always thought of me as a funny person. I just haven't always shared that with everyone. So being that you are receiving this message right now, I want you to know I'm committed to adding more funny into what I do. Because that, when I'm with my friends, when I'm hanging out, when I'm telling crazy stories about being or what has happened, when I'm throwing in one-liners or being witty and bantering, that's me. That's who I am. I just don't always get to show it. And sometimes I come, I come across as just like super professional and polished and put together. And here's your like inspiration for the, the day. Or here's your like five ways to do this thing. And uh, I'm going to move away from that. So just be ready. So I hope you enjoyed me talking about the five things that stand-up comedy taught me. And more so, I hope that this encourages you that if there is something on your bucket list that you haven't done yet, that you go do it. It doesn't have to be stand-up comedy. It could be so many other things. Cooking, knitting, running. Just do something so that you can enjoy life a little bit more. Take care, everyone. And stay dynamic. Bye. Thank you, Dynamic Women, for joining us today. Please hop on over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. Who do you know who needs to hear our message? We'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family. If you're ready to be more dynamic, have more balance and more success, head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book. Stay dynamic.